everyone, uh, and welcome to our global industry spotlight here on Thursday. Um, every Thursday, we talk with different organizations, entrepreneurs in the creative industries who are, you know, building new things, creating new organizations, um, and really taking, uh, you know, taking the creative sector into new places. Um, we've had a, a, a great run of industry spotlights that you can check out on YouTube um, and Facebook. They're archived there. If you go to our website at ccglobal.org, click on events or click, click on archived content, you can see some of the previous conversations. So today um, I'm excited to uh, bring in our, our, our guest. She uh, started Mezcla Media Collective, which we recently did an incredible event with um, this past Tuesday. Uh, Latinx Women in Film. It was a great networking event. We saw some amazing short films. Um, she's built an, a, an organization that focuses on BIPOC women in filmmaking um, and also um, is a documentarian herself. So let's uh, let's bring in Colette and have a little conversation about you know her work and the things that she is doing. Hello, Colette. Hello. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, you know, we, we really appreciated your partnership with um, our Club Creative event uh, last week. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you definitely uh, have built a, a very uh, important and cool organization that seems to support um, women in, in filmmaking. But before we get all into that, um, mm -hmm. I, I would love for you to just give um, a little background about yourself um, mm -hmm. and, and kind of your journey as, you know, a filmmaker uh, and documentarian. For sure. Well, thank you for having me first. I'm super excited to like have this conversation. Um, so yeah, so I started uh, documentary filmmaking back in, you know, it was sort of like the last year of my college years and my senior year. My father is actually a wedding videographer, so I was always around cameras, but never really knew that that was the path I wanted to take. Um, I was very interested in children's television and like educational nonprofits. And I interned at Nickelodeon for a summer, which was super fun, but it wasn't like the right fit for me because I really wanted to do more like social impact work. So I ended up studying abroad in Egypt. And while I was there, I got to work at the Cairo International Film Festival. And that was my first time really being surrounded by documentary filmmakers and watching all these incredible films that really talked about different social issues highlighting real stories and I was just blown away by the power these filmmakers had to really change perspectives and then also to like change lives and policies. So I started out by making my own first personal documentary um, back in 2014 about street harassment in Cairo. It was called The People's Girls. And from there, I just was totally hooked. I learned the process of like filming, editing, raising money, all of that kind of thing. And then I decided to come back to Chicago and I started working on my first feature length film, which is still going on. I'm on year five now. It's called Traces of Home. <laughs> and it follows the journey of me returning to both Mexico and Palestine with my parents to try to find their original homes but then also realizing that this yearning to go back was not just because I felt a cultural disconnect growing up in the suburbs of the U.S., but really feeling like I had a disconnect to my parents themselves and not understanding that how their trauma affected our relationships growing up. So it really took a, a deeper dive into like a more personal healing journey as well. Yeah. So and, um, 
That's that's incredible. I'm gonna stop you right there because I have a couple mm -hmm. questions. Um, yes. So, you know, take take us. So before you went to um, Cairo um, mm -hmm. in the summer, were you already familiar with the process of making films? No, <laughs> I okay. was. Okay. I, I I studied communication studies, so I was very okay. much um, in the world of like more like media theory, I guess. But as I mentioned, I did have cameras and like editing around me all the time when I was right, growing up. Dad. So mm -hmm. I sort of, I guess I was because I was like making fun videos with my friends. And also I did like a project making a reality TV show in school, in high school. Awesome. So like it was around me, but I didn't, I didn't fully embrace it until after I graduated. Okay. So you, so you, so you go to Cairo, you, you, you know, you, you see, um, you know, films of so that that are creating social impact, and you mm -hmm. want to make this, this short film. Mm -hmm. So, what what was what was the process behind that of of or, you know of, of you know making a film, right? Like, what were some really? of the things? It, it sounds like you already knew, okay, you know, about equipment and editing, but what were some of the mm -hmm. things that you had to kind of learn um, yeah. you know, to make it happen? So, so I, I was a co-director. So my friend, she was a documentary photographer and she was already doing a project like around this topic. And I knew that, um, I was like, okay, maybe we could do something together with this, with this theme. And I ended up going to Cairo, did not have any like job or money. You know, I was just like freelancing, mm -hmm. teaching English, that kind of thing. And then we started looking up grant applications of like how to get money for this um, project. And one of the main things that you need to have for a grant application is a work sample. So we needed to make a trailer of street harassment in Cairo and like figuring out how to capture that. So what we wow. did, we went and like used hidden cameras to film what it's like to walk as a woman in the streets of Cairo. And after looking at that footage, like we got home and looked at the footage and we're like, holy cow, like this is actually really uh, intense and like, yeah, very compelling of like, you just see everyone staring at, at you. Um, so mm -hmm. we just put it on YouTube to like, just put it out there and on Facebook and it went viral. It got like oh. 2 million views. And then that's, yeah, I read that. Yes. <laughs> it got a huge following. And then that, that, um, created like the New York one that they did one in New York for what it's like to walk as a woman for 10 hours right. in New York. Mm -hmm. Like it just started a chain of these same videos. So like, holy cow, like we need to, we need to embrace this. So we needed to like jump on it and we decided to make a Kickstarter campaign. We like put it up in a week. Usually it takes like months to plan out your Kickstarter campaign, but we decided like we needed to, to use this like press and all that was happening to have some sort of link to go to funding. And that's how we were able to get the funding for the entire project, which is like miraculous, which has never happens, you know, right. <laughs> like it's very rare for right. things to go viral um, and to be able to get the funding that way. But thankfully that's how we were able to do it. We raised like 25,000, which was totally enough for like a half hour film in right. Egypt too. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Talk about uh, talk about a successful work sample. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, two, two million, two, two million views. In, yeah, <laughs> it's all it's all down it's all downhill from here. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's it, it's funny how you you can have successes right in mm -hmm. in your work. Um, mm -hmm. And you're like, is this going to happen again? Like, am I able to kind of continue this? Um, right, so right. That being said, a successful, you know, short documentary, an important, obviously, subject matter. Mm -hmm. And then 
transitioning into you have a full length film that you're in post production with. Can you talk a little yes. bit about that? Yes. So I when as I mentioned, like I came back and I actually started working in the Kartemquin Films Diverse Voices and Docs Fellowship. That's where I really got to incubate this new film. And yeah, five years later, I'm now entering into post-production and my goal is to finish it by around this time next year. And definitely that learning process of making the first short film has helped me tremendously of like what to do and what not to do. And yeah, just like I've learned so much over the past five years of like grant writing and fundraising and stories and like hiring editors. It's just, I, I feel like I've learned so much. Um, and yeah, I'm just super grateful to be working on this uh, very deeply personal film. And in terms of fundraising, mm -hmm. do you have to do a couple of rounds while you're in the film? Like, how does the process work? Or is it, is it okay, I need to fundraise for starting the project and then mm -hmm. I need to fundraise for finishing the project? Is that how it works usually? I don't know. I'm not uh -huh. as familiar with the film process, so. Uh -huh. um, yeah, so my first grant was actually through DCASE, the Department of Cultural Affairs through Chicago. Mm -hmm. So I just like interviewed my parents and got a few photos and like just tried to put something together of like their background stories. And that was enough to get money to be able to go to to, to go to Palestine. I also did like an in-person, I, I really diversified my sources of income. I also did an in-person fundraiser for the Palestine trip, which was more like of a gala with like higher price tickets. That that was really like a very big um, uh, source of funding to be able to go to Palestine as well. And then after that, like editing a new sample, editing new trailers for grant applications. And then that's also when I did a, a crowd another Kickstarter campaign for the Mexico trip. And then with that money, being able to create a new sample to fund bigger grants and bigger foundation funding, as as you start to show that you're getting money for it, then you can start getting the bigger and bigger grants. And thankfully, I was able to get um, Latino Public Broadcasting, which is like the PBS uh, channel to, to have a national broadcast for it. So, you know, that only happened because it was like slowly being able to fund each section. And now... I'm, I'm like halfway funded. So the next piece is going to be making a rough cut and then getting funding to get to the final cut. Um, so right. I'm in like that creating is, a rough cut stage. That is quite the journey. Yeah, you, can make a really you can make a documentary about that in itself. Yeah. You it's know, with really all the intense. different sources of gala, Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite incredible. Mm -hmm. And then once the film is completed, how, mm -hmm. how do you decide how it's distributed? Do you have to work that out with you know an yeah. organization or do you distribute it yourself or how does that go mm -hmm. or, you, or do you submit it to a bunch of film festivals hoping that it will get picked up yeah i mean the tough thing is that like of course you want to have your community screenings and you want to have like a very robust i really want to have a robust social impact campaign but where all the major business deals are and like all the distributors are are at these like top tier a-list festivals so that is usually mm -hmm. like the main goal is to get to these festivals to be able to enter that marketplace um, and get major sales with broadcast and streaming. So my dream for this film would be able to get would be able to get um, a PBS POV national broadcast because I feel like yeah. it fits very well with their mission and like their types of films that they distribute. Um, so yeah, so that's like a very big piece. Um, Self distribution is always a a an option if you have the capacity and time to do so, which I unfortunately do not. I am probably <laughs> a distributor to help me uh, 
put that through too. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's such a, um, it's an interesting process and, and one that, you know, mm -hmm. I'm becoming more and more familiar with through working at the center for creative entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. but the amount of work that goes in of creating samples and then getting funding and having to build an entire film. And then at the end, right. hoping you can get picked up by one of the major film festivals to get mm -hmm. noticed and, and to get you know funded or distributed properly. It's incredible. Well, we wish you the best uh, uh, you know, of luck on that. And you know, we'll definitely uh, be on the lookout. So transitioning out of your filmmaking into Mez Club, yes. can you talk a little bit about Mezcla, the, the beginning of that and mm -hmm. the work that you're doing right now. For sure. So, yeah. So I started Mezcla back in 2017 with another colleague of mine, Elena Valentine. We really created it out of seeing that there was no real community for women and non-binary filmmakers of color in Chicago. And like a lot of times it was very hard to find other women to collaborate with and to hire and just like getting those opportunities and resources for our community. So we made an event at Cinespace, which was stage 18 now, IFA, and just to like see who would show up. And over 70 women and non-binary filmmakers came to that gathering. That gathering was really like the catalyst for the collective. And we really like ideated and brainstormed what this could be and what our goals would be, and what kind of programs we would have. And from there, since like, yeah, four years later, we are now at 700 members that are ranging from narrative, documentary, editors, sound, directors, literally anything behind the camera in film is in Mezcla. So it's been amazing to see like its impact on getting women hired and starting to make those collaborations and getting industry to take notice of their work as well. And what, what do the members, I mean, is it the network that people are really attracted to? Is it working with other people? Is it a supportive, mm -hmm. uh, a supportive ecosystem that, you know, mm -hmm. people can come into and, and share their ideas? What, what, what can you expect as a member? Yeah, I mean, definitely this is beyond just like a collective. It's definitely a tight-knit family that this has really become a backbone for for each other, that people are going to like the Facebook group to find their next gig and to find advice and resources for their projects. Um, I, I honestly don't know what, even for me, myself, I'm like, I don't know what I would have done without Mescala, you know? Like, it's unbelievable like how how much more connected we all are um, that just did not exist before, uh, yeah, before 2017. Um, and yeah, being able to- Did you to, have that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, did you have that expectation that it would head in that direction? Um, like it would become what it was? I mean, you have this initial event. It seems like mm -hmm. you, when you start initial things, they go well. Like you have you have the, the viral video and then you're like, we have this yeah, idea. It's all about yeah, and, yeah, it is, it is, it's very true. It's, yeah, mm -hmm. but it's also, it's also important. These are important important mm -hmm. works um yeah but did you once you saw the 70 people come were you thinking okay this is exactly what i we know now what this is gonna be oh yeah totally and especially because we used that session as sort of like a design thinking ideation session of what this could be and like what our vision is collectively um that there was just like so much fire and energy to making this come to life um that that was consistent too like it wasn't just one day and then it all just 
went to nothing. Like we made the Facebook group and then that's how everyone just started connecting. And then the biggest thing was like, okay, we have four events a year. That's all like in our little capacity, volunteer capacity that we do. As long as we have four things a year, as long as like we just can keep that up, then it will grow. That was, that was the idea um, that we had. And having those four key events, we did it, everyone would come out every time and slowly it would just be continued to grow and grow and grow from there. So yeah, consistency and like making sure that we were just, uh, yeah, persistent with our efforts was essential. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I just have to say, I'm, I'm like very impressed with, with the organization and your own work and also just the meaning behind it. Um, mm -hmm. And, and, you know, for someone that was a full-time musician for 15 years, I, I really understand the importance of community mm -hmm. um, and also the importance of a diverse community that, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that, that lends itself to different types of thinking and, and different life experiences, collective experiences. Um, and with filmmaking, it's, it's beautiful that you can share that together and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and put out some great work. So does Mezcla put out any films or are they just kind of connecting people with like work outside of it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We are not a production company. So it's right. definitely like an arts education, like film education and like community type of thing. So we can like support. We also have like funding that we've, we actually have a documentary fund going on right now for feature length uh, BIPOC filmmakers that are working on feature length films. Um, but no, we do not create work ourselves. Right. Only okay. about <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what What are you excited about, kind of for the future, for the future of your own career, and for the future of Mezcla? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's definitely been a huge shift in the national industry, and like, there's just a lot happening for specifically elevating BIPOC voices and underrepresented voices in general. So I really feel like we're this is very timely, and that if we are able to keep it up and keep up the momentum of like community organizing that we can start to see representation in the national film industry and seeing our stories represented on screen. Um, and then, you know, I mean, for Mezcla specifically, our, our vision in the next 10 years is to have chapters throughout the U.S. for those filmmakers that are in, you know, Wyoming or, uh, you know, Florida that just don't have community to be able to yeah, have that like bond with other people to elevate their own work. And it's so, so vital. So yeah, that's the goal. Well, Colette, thank you so much for taking the time uh, today thank to you. talk to us. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we know you're super busy, um, but it's it's great to just hear a little bit of, of your story and the story of Mezcla uh, to, you know, to look out for Colette's film and please check out, um, I'll put below, um, mezclamediacollective.org to learn more information about their organization. Um, so, Colette, thank you, thank you again for taking thank the time you. to talk to us. Mm -hmm. um, and we will definitely be in touch uh, as your uh, good partners and new partners. And we look forward to exploring different ways we can uh, collaborate together. So thanks a lot. Yay, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. All right, bye-bye. There you have it, everyone, uh, Colette Gunium from Mezcla Media Collective, uh, a document documentarian, I don't even know if that's a word, but a filmmaker who does documentaries. Um, and, uh, you know, she is, is definitely a force to be reckoned with and it seems to be building a lot of important things uh, and taking um, filmmaking into new directions 
uh, well supported uh, BIPOC women, non-binary um, people. So, you know, check her again out at Mescla Media Collective. This has been a global industry spotlight. My name is Daniel Crane. I am the program director for the Center for Creative Entrepreneurship. We are building uh, resources, educational um, events for the creative industries. Uh, we are excited about the, the growth of the sector, uh, connecting with people and networking um, to, to really improve uh, the future of, of the creative sector. So again, we are wishing everyone a great uh, rest of the week. Take care of yourselves. Let us know if you have any questions. Um, and that's it for now. Take care.